Our new premier, David Eby, has been on record now several times as saying, that's when we're going to go to the polls next. No sneaky stuff between now and then. We're going on our next official date. As it turns out, Research Co. has uh, done a little sampling of British Columbia opinion. And frankly, I don't think many of us believe Mr. Eby and that there will not be an election sometime this year. Here to talk more about his homework is the president of Research Company. Always a pleasure to say good morning and welcome back to Mario Canseco. Hi, Mario. Hi, Sterling. Great to be here with you. Well, it's good to have you with us. Now, let's talk a little bit about the credibility of Mr. Eby when he talks about uh, the, well, no, no, we're going to go on uh, October 19th, 2024. Why do so few of us believe him? Well, I think part of what we see here is an opportunity from BC Liberal supporters to tackle the next election, uh, certainly at a faster rate. I think there's an expectation that if the election happens now, uh, there's not going to be a lot to show for for the current government. They will have a chance to reconnect with the base. And we do see that there's a majority of British Columbians who believe that we will vote in 2023. But among BC Liberal voters, it's 61%. So part of what we see here is the BC Liberal voter really hopeful about Kevin Falcon's chances if the election happens soon, not if it happens in 2024. Interesting, because the headline in the North Shore News the other day setting up this conversation and your report was a BC Liberal rebrand could help Falcon shake off the ghosts of leaders past. Uh, and you go on to talk about most of us uh, don't foresee the Liberals forming government if an election were to happen this year. But with a, bre- a rebrand from B.C. Liberals to B.C. United, what difference, if any, would that make, Mario? Well, what we see here is uh, certainly a high level of satisfaction among B.C. Liberal voters with the notion that the party will be renamed. Uh, there's a majority who say, I am happy with the name change. One of the things that is different about um, Kevin Falcon right now is he's got a high approval rating. 44% of British Columbians say they like what he's doing. This is significantly higher than what we saw in the latter stages of Andrew Wilkinson's leadership Mm -hmm. before the 2020 election, and a little bit higher than what we saw in the latter stages of Gordon Campbell and Christy Clark's tenures. So there's a chance to reconnect with the base. And, And one of the crucial aspects of this is getting rid of some of the nastiness that people are looking at when they think of the Liberal Party. And one of the ways to do this is to do the rebrands. If the election happens this year, it's going to be very difficult to have a rebrand in place. So they'll have an opportunity, if the election indeed happens in October of 2024, to have a new logo, to have a new tagline, to have a new name, and to say that they are actually the center-right or progressive alternative uh, to the NDP. So I think that'll help them immensely. But there's definitely been something good over the past few months because people know who Kevin Falcon is. Right. And right. even if they won't vote for the NDP, sorry, for the BC Liberals, um, they still think that he's doing a, a, a decent job at this stage. Interesting stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, because you mentioned Gordon Campbell and Christy Clark. Let's talk about if they if they weren't to move to BC United. And I get it. It sounds like a soccer team, but it's not the BC Liberals. <laughs> and a lot of people are happier with just because of that. But let's talk about the bad baggage that BC Liberals implies in the minds of a lot of BC voters? Well, one of the crucial aspects of this is uh, the sense of dissatisfaction, particularly with the, few, with, with the last few leaders. Uh, Wilkinson's favorability is 24%, which is very low. 
They had a couple of interim leaders in Shirley Bond and Rich Coleman who right. don't reach 30%. And the way in which people feel about Gordon Campbell and Christy Clark is roughly the same. 41% who have a favorable view of Campbell. He was there for a long time. He was their leader since 1993. Uh, and similar situation when it comes to Christy Clark. So I think part of what they need to do is to try to reconnect in the urban areas. We see a high level of support for the BC Liberals in southern British Columbia. The north might be a challenge because of the new re-emergence of the BC Conservatives, but we've seen the BC Conservatives climbing the charts in the middle of the election. And then when we get to voting, there's a lot of people who cannot find a BC Conservative candidate in the riding. Right. So I don't see them necessarily as a challenge for the BC Liberals unless they run a full slate, and they haven't run a full slate in this century. Closest they came was 2013 when they had 56 candidates. So it'll it's, it's still... Um, really not well defined whether they will be a factor in the next election. Now, you've talked about the increasing popularity of uh, Mr. Falcon, and it is certainly elevated from that of his predecessor, uh, uh, Mr. Wilkinson, who did not do well in the election and whose popularity uh, prior to the election was reflective of what was likely to be the outcome and uh, pretty bang on in that regard. How, though, does Mr. Falcon's popularity measure against his primary opponent, the Premier, David Eby? Well, this is definitely good news for the NDP because uh, I think there was an expectation that the numbers for the premier would drop after John Horgan retired. Yes. And we have David Eby at 59% approval. People seem to be reacting well to what he's talking about. Um, it's a little bit lower than the approval rating that John Horgan had when he left office, which was 65%. But it's a majority of people who are looking at him as somebody who can run the show, basically. And I think one of the issues that is definitely... A key for the NDP right now is where do you run the candidates who have a chance of winning? They have a majority mandate right now. Um, they need to make sure that they can promote some of those incumbents and find people who can run against some of the BC liberal brand uh, stalwarts. So it's not an easy one. And sometimes it's not great to start at a high approval rating. We saw the same thing with Justin Trudeau. There was a moment when his approval rating was in the 60s, and you can only go down from there. That's right. So, one of the crucial aspects for them is going to be how do you manage to sustain this momentum and what do you do with all of the things that you're planning, particularly on housing, which is still the number one issue. Yeah, and, and planning is an important word to use there because it's still Mr. Eby is still within his first 100 days of being in office as premier, and he had promised an action-packed 100 days, and he has certainly provided no shortage of announcements. And, of course, there's this mega-billion-dollar surplus that allows him basically to buy votes shamelessly uh, rather than address provincial debt, uh, which, of course, would be silly, suicidal politically. Uh, wonderful math, but you know, not very helpful for the election fortunes. So let's talk a little bit about the action plan and the influence that that has had on sustaining the popularity of the NDP leader. Well, uh, there's a couple of things that were very highly regarded when they happened. The housing uh, issues, uh, the way in which they've, they've tried to tackle housing, particularly with the new guidelines related to stratas, uh, has been very popular. People reacted very well to this. Mm -hmm. There might be some new homes that can be rented. Uh, the 18 to 34 demographic is crucial here because they are definitely worried about housing. I think the bigger challenge for David Eve is going to come on healthcare. We've never seen in this century healthcare ranked as highly as it is now yes. as the number one issue for people over 55. And we know that people over 55 win new elections. This is the group that went from BC Liberal to BC NDP 
in the 2020 election because of the way COVID-19 was handled. This is a group that David Eby needs to reconnect with, because if you lose the over 55 voters, that could be the difference between forming the government and reaching to the other side. Do you think we're going to have an election this year? Are they going to make it all the way to 2024? I think we'll make it all the way to 2024. Huh, okay. There, there might be an opportunity to change things a little bit. I think if it's uh, something that is um, going to be helpful to, for the NDP, they might say, look, why are we voting in October? It's very complicated to do a campaign. It's too cold. We're used to voting in the spring. We'll do it in the spring of 2024. So you keep the promise of doing it that year, but you do it a few months earlier. I think that's what they might be planning to do. If it benefits them, if it doesn't, then we'll have to wait until October 2024. Always appreciate it when you take a few moments to tell us what the pulse of British Columbia feels like this weekend. Thanks, Mario. My pleasure, Sterling. Anytime.